السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إن الحمد لله إن الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على ملا نبي بعده أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد يا أيها الذين آمنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون وقال تبارك وتعالى شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن هدى للناس وبينات من الهدى والفرقان فمن شهد منكم الشهر فليسم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قد أظلكم شهر عظيم مبارك شهر فيه ليلة خير من ألف شهر إلى آخر الحديث وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رب صائم ليس له من صيامه إلا الجوع ورب قائم ليس له من قيامه إلا السهر أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والتسليم صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله والنبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين My most beloved ulamai karam elders and brothers and all those that are resting over the receivers all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is our creator, our nourisher, sustainer and provider Peace and salutations be upon our beloved Master, Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are in the ending of the month of Sha'aban today, actually being the 24th of Sha'aban, leaving us with about five or six days for the month of Sha'aban, and then the very, very significant and important month of Ramadan is here on our doorstep. The Prophet ﷺ was once in the masjid. The narrator is Kaab ibn Ujra radiallahu an. He says that we saw Nabi ﷺ climb up the mimbar, like we see a mimbar in front of the masjid. So he climbed up the first step and he said, Ameen. And then he climbed up the second step and then he said, Ameen. And then he climbed up the third step and then he said, Ameen. So when he came down from the mimbar, the Sahaba Ikram radiallahu anhum ajma'in, they observed every aspect in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu That is a very special, unique feature in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu Private life, public life, every aspect of it, they scrutinized, they t- took note of it, and they narrated it, and they, they transmitted it to some of their students, their students to their students up till this day, we are now as though picturing what transpired in the life of Rasulullah, every aspect, so it becomes a lesson for us. The words that he spoke, the actions that he uh, carried out, everything they observed so like diligently, so carefully, and they narrated it. That is something very special and unique. I don't think there's any human being that on the surface of the earth whose life has been so diligently, so carefully, Compiled and preserved right till now, 1400 years later, we can still look in the Sahaba, you should look at Rasulullah, for example, in Shamail, look at Rasulullah, how many strands of white hair he had on his head, how did he walk, did he bend forward or standing up, and and description of every aspect of his physical body is in that Shamail. So, like that now. His, his character, how did he speak, how did he behave with his wives, how did he conduct himself, how did he make his ruku and sajda, every aspect of his life. 
business, how did you conduct business, is, is properly documented for us to take lessons from them. So he climbed up the member, so they said to him, hey, every day we noticed you climb up the member and come down, he doesn't say, I mean, but today we noticed when you went up the member, first step, second step, third step, at each of that we said, I mean, how come? Imagine to that aspect also they questioned Rasulullah says, why is there, what difference is there today? So Rasulullah Sallam said that on the first step, when I went, then Jibreel alayhi salatu was salam made a dua. He said, Bauda man adraka Ramadan falam yukfar lak. Something this effect. That woe or destruction on that individual who witnesses, experienced the month of Ramadan and despite that did not earn the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he said when that dua was made, by Jibreel alayhi salatu wassalam, Rasulullah sallallahu said, Ameen. The dua of the greatest angel of all the malaika, the greatest is Jibreel alayhi salatu wassalam. He is making this dua. And the Ameen of the greatest creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah sallallahu He said, Ameen. To who? That person who experiences, witnesses, he is present in the month of Ramadan. And he never strive and work hard to earn the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that, that person has indeed got a great loss, has experienced a great loss. And in the second step, he said something else not relevant to my discussion right now, but just to suffice the, uh, the point, what he said was that uh, woe and destruction, Ba'uda, that, uh, that person who my name is taken in his presence, Rasulullah's name, Falam Yusalli Alayhi, and he never sent durood upon me. And Rasulullah said, on that dua also, he said, Ameen. And on the third step was destruction, Woe to that individual who gets either one of his parents or both of his parents in old age and he never served them and never respect them and because of not serving them he never earned the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and never earned the dua of his parents and to that dua Rasulullah sallallahu said Ameen So coming back to the point was this month of Ramadan is here on our doorstep It is the month to earn the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so and the last, as the month of Shaban comes to an end, Rasulullah sallallahu addressed the Sahaba. The narrator of the hadith, Salman al-Farsi radiallahu It's a famous hadith, but if each one, and a lengthy, it's a famous and lengthy hadith, perhaps also we should try and read Fazail al-Ramadan. Hazrat Shaykh Rahimahullah ta'ala has compiled Fazail al-Amal, a book that got the virtues of actions, virtues of salah, virtues of zikr, virtues of... Um, Salah, uh, uh, Tilawat of Quran. So in one chapter is Fadail Ramadan, the virtues of Ramadan. Invariable English, a very widely read book. But in our homes, we should have started already. If we haven't, then inshallah from today, we should start reading about the virtues of Ramadan to inspire us, to motivate us, and to remind us about this very significant and important event that is on our doorstep. So the, he also mentioned this hadith there on Salman al-Farsi radiallahu anhu. Says, Khatabana Rasulullah sallallahu Rasulullah sallam addressed us towards the ending of Shaaban. Perhaps around this time, the last Jummah of Ramadan or towards the last night of Ramadan, uh, Shaaban, towards the end. So very apt, very relevant. So Rasulullah sallam addressed the Sahaba and he said to them, Qad adallakum shahrun azim. A very, very great month. The word he uses, azim. Very important. Very great month is here on our doorstep. It's any time now. And then he described the month as Mubarakun. It is a month of Barakah. It is Azim, 
very great and important. Number two, it is a month of Barakah, Mubarakun. And then he says, Shahrun, Fihi Laylatun Khayrun Min Al-Fishar. That in this month, there is a night which is better than a thousand months. Laylatul Qadr, inshallah, as the month of Ramadan commences and we come closer to that part, and the ulama will go into a discussion. But suffice for us that we need to prepare and be ready for this month because in this month is this night which is known as night of Qadr the, uh, the, the Laylatul Qadr which is better than a thousand months which is more than 80, 80 years of ibadah and then he goes on saying Shahrun Allah siyamahu faridatan that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made fasting in this particular month compulsory the five pillars of our deen you know, it's Iman, Shahada, Allah, Ilaha illallah, wa anna Muhammadur Rasulullah, is to bring Iman and believe in Allah and the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa That's the most important pillar, starting point. Then, it's uh, Salah, it is performance of our prayers. And then, fasting in the month of Ramadan, fulfillment of Zakat and Hajj. So, fasting in the month of Ramadan is a pillar of our deen. From the five pillars, it is a pillar of deen, and it is important, it is fard, it is compulsory. Like we get the different commands of our deen. Some aspects are compulsory, you have to do it. Some are sunnah and nawafil, ulama have categorized like the optional actions. But fasting in a month of Ramadan is compulsory. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, Ya ladina amanu, kutiba alaykum as-siyam, that all you who believe, fasting has been prescribed upon you. It is compulsory, ordained. كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ Like how it has been prescribed upon those that came before you. That means the nations of the past also used to fast. So therefore we are also fasting. But perhaps their way of fasting was different. Important thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has continued with that aspect and that act of ibadah for this ummah as well. But he rounds up this eye of the Qur'an by reminding us on the objective. Very, very important to remind ourselves and ask ourselves the question, why am I fasting? What is the purpose and the objective of this fast? What am I going to achieve through this fasting? What am I supposed to be getting out of this fast? 30 days, 29 or 30 days from early in the morning, from before sun, uh, even before the sun rises, well before that, from seheri time, I'm going to wake up early in the morning, have my seheri, and the entire day, whole day, whether it's hot, whether it's cold, whether it's raining, whether I'm at work, I'm going to stay away from eating and drinking and relationships with my wife, try till sunset. It's a, for 29 days doing this, what am I expected to achieve? What is the objective? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses one word, and that word is used for many other aspects in the Qur'an as well. In fact, when you open the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off by mentioning Surah Baqarah, Alif la mim, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِي وَدَلِّلْ مُتَّقِينَ That the Qur'an is a guide for those that have taqwa. And then when it comes to hajj, Allah says, وَتَزَوَّدُوا When you go for hajj, you must take provisions. And then he says, فَإِنَّ خَيْرَ الزَّادَ التَّقْوَى The best provision you can take even when you're going for hajj is this taqwa. Now when you're coming to this fast in the month of Ramadan, Allah is using the same word to get this taqwa. Now what is this taqwa all about? 
we fasting important to have the purpose and the objective and the reason for fasting is to get the taqwa in our lives. We stay away from food and drink. It's an exercise that we bring through to achieve this. It's really going to be maybe for you know, not use, lack of use of better words, it's maybe perhaps we can say it's like an exercise in futility. If you're not going to achieve the objective, you went, we did something, we never achieved the objective. You went somewhere, you went to get something, you went, I'm just giving an example, to buy something from the shop. But you went into the shop and you came and went back home without the item. It's like you went, you wasted your petrol and came back. You're supposed to go and get something and come back, came back empty-handed. So for 29 days, we are staying away from food and drink and all of those things. We need to get something. If you're not going to get it, you'll be absolved of the obligation. But the whole purpose and what you're supposed to be getting, it's like defeating the purpose of the action. So this taqwa is crucial. And keep reminding ourselves every single day, am I getting, this? am I working to get this objective of fasting, this taqwa? So what is this taqwa all about? We're hearing it all the time. It is the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes the people translate it as the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But maybe a better word to use is the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to carry out any action 24 hours of the day, wherever we are, public life, private life, whether we are at work, whether in the masjid, all the time, the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is watching me. Allah knows what does Allah expect and want me to do at this time. And I need to do an action, we need to sign a document. What is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanting from me? That is, we are staying away from food which is normally halal. We are staying away from drink which is normally halal. We are staying away from your family or your wife which is normally halal. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us exercise that you stay away from halal. But now what's the point that you are staying away from that which is normally halal? That became haram. That which is always haram, you're still continuing with that. You're not going to achieve the objective of fasting. Rubba sa'imin. Prophet ﷺ said, many people are going to fast. They are sa'im. You are fasting. لَيْسَ لَهُ مِن صِيَامِهِ إِلَّا الْجُوءِ The only thing you're going to get out of that fast is you stayed hungry. Ju, hungry. Arabic for hunger is jaw'an. A person is hungry, say jaw'an. person is hungry, is jaw'an. So, you only got through your fast, hunger. You only achieved hunger. You just stayed away from food. You never achieve it. So how are we going to get this taqwa in fasting is to train our minds and our lives, uh, ourselves, that I'm fasting. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to drink. But very, very, very important. Hazrat Shaykh Raimullah also mentioned a hadith. He says, As-suyamu junnatun. He says, this fasting is like a, is a shield. But he says, Malam yahruqha. As long as you do not take, as, as long as you do not interfere, you don't, you don't, you don't make, leave holes in it. So this fasting, you're going to get this purpose of taqwa as long as you don't do certain things, as long as you control yourself. So you're controlling yourself from eating and drinking, but you also need to control yourself. So he mentions five or six things you must be very, very careful of. That's why the Prophet Sallallahu he says, Malam that person who does not leave out speaking lies and falsehood, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no need of him leaving out his food and drink. 
So Hazrat Shaykh Rehmanullah says that this fasting is a shield. It will protect you. You will get the objective of, of, of fasting with your taqwa. But he says as on, on condition that you must make sure you protect your eyes. You protect your eyes from looking at haram. He says you protect your ears from listening to haram. It's fasting. So the minor would say, not just staying away from food, staying away from sin is perhaps more important, if not equally important. Stay, he says, protect your mouth from saying wrong things, from swearing, from vulgarity, speaking lies, carrying tales, and the list goes on. And then he says, protecting your stomach and your belly from consuming haram and allowing any wrong things to go into your stomach, protecting your entire a body, all your body parts, your legs from walking towards haram, your hands from doing and touching anything haram. So five things he said, your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your stomach, your belly, your entire body. And then he says also that you, it's a shield as long as also whatever we're doing in your heart, you remember that you're doing it solely and only for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are important aspects with regards to our fast. So the hadith then carries on with the hadith I started off with Salman Fawzi radiallahu anh. He then says that after talking about it being an important month, Shahrun Azimun, then he said it is a blessed month, and then he says it's a month in which there is a night better than a thousand uh, uh, nights, and then he says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made compulsory the fasting. So just on that point also, we have to make sure it's, we have to fast. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when this month comes, you should fast. But the sad reality is, many of the people in our neighborhood and locality are not fasting. And they may be not going to be fasting. Now we, have, we, we are concerned, we are going to be fasting. Take a little bit of initiative and inshallah remind our neighbors, our family. We cannot assume, take things for granted nowadays. It's Ramadan, encourage people. Like how it's Salah, the masjids, mashallah, are full now, Jummah. But many of our people and our people of our community are not performing the rest of the salah. They just don't perform salah. It's a major sin. It's a sad situation we find ourselves in. Very similar is a month of Ramadan. It's a reality. We might not, because we are not uh, working on the field, we are not going to meet people. But it's a reality of the society and environment we're living in. There are many people who are not fasting in the month of Ramadan. Take it as a duty and responsibility At least you will talk to people And encourage them Give them da'wah towards fasting It's Ramadan We have to fast So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah uh, continues Saying that after saying that there is, It's a fard It's to fast in the day He says Shahrun Ja'alallahu qiyama laylatihi tatawwa'an That in the night of Ramadan The whole year You can't There's no tarawih salah in Ramadan, starting either next week, Wednesday night, or next week, Thursday, depending on when the moon is sighted, either Wednesday or Thursday night, Tarawih will commence. And MashaAllah, we have, make shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the amount of uh, venues where Tarawih Salah will be performed. Over and above that, make shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we still have 20 rakats of, of Tarawih Salah that is taking place in so many venues, many other parts of the world. They have discounted it. They have dropped it from 20 to 8. We don't want to go into all those discussions. We need to try and get more. Prophet goes on explaining. He says that person 
who will perform one fard in a month of Ramadan, it is equivalent to 70 faraib out of the month of Ramadan. Prophet said that the person who will do one nafil or sunnah act in the month of Ramadan, it is equivalent to a fard out of the month of Ramadan. So now we don't want to go into a debate and a scholarly discussion about 20 and 8 rakats. All of us sitting here, opportunities are here. If somebody comes and says, I'm give you, um, I'm just trying to give you a logical convincing that we don't have to go into scholarly debate, but arguments and all that academic discussions in this place. Somebody comes and says, that you want 8 rand or 20 rand? Okay, 8,000 rand or 20,000 rand? 8 million or 20 million? Every person sitting here, for dunya thing, they're ready. 20 million, why must I take the 8 million? For nothing you're giving me, I'll take the extra. So in Ramadan, as I said, leave the scholarly academic discussion. It is a month for us to do more ibadah. So all of us make an intention, inshallah, we'll perform all 20 rakats for the entire month of Ramadan. So these two sunnahs the ulama explain. One is the sunnah of the taraweeh salab in 20 rakats. That's from day one, the night one, till the moon of Eid is sighted the night before. All in 20 rakats the entire month of Ramadan, that is one sunnah. But over and above that is also sunnah to make a khatam of Qur'an in the month of Ramadan. Jibreel used to come and recite Qur'an to Rasulullah Some say Rasulullah used to recite to Jibreel So that is one. Some places maybe we're going and we're finishing after 10 or 15 nights. Then that's if you are strong to do that, mashallah. But it doesn't mean now for the rest of the month of Ramadan you got chutti. The sunnah of the 20 rakats will still continue right till the end of the month of Ramadan. So we find the masjid will be full. It's year in and year out story. Day one, two, three, mashallah, the masjids are full. As we go towards now, middle, uh, in the middle of the first 10 days, and you go to the second 10 days, you see the masjids now starts flattening out. The crowd is turning out. And then as you go towards the ending now, then it gets up. We don't, there's no excuse. It's a month for us to excel. All, all the entire month of Ramadan, all 20 rakats, we will try and make sure you perform. Great reward in it. So that's there. The Prophet then goes on explaining, we have a shortage of time, the beautiful hadith of Salman Farsi radiallahu anhu. We can read, read it, as I said, in Fawal Ramadan. He then goes on encouraging, he says, Shahru Sabr, it is a month of patience. وَثَوَابُهُ وَالْجَنَّةِ And the reward of this patience is Jannah. Uh, um, uh, angry, hungry man is an angry man. So now in the month of Ramadan, people will maybe test the patience more. So remember the hadith, the month of patience. Month of patience. Somebody comes and argues with you. The hadith says, Kullahu in Nisayim. You see, I'm fasting today. So now just turn away and go away and continue with your work, whatever you're doing. Then he says, it is a month, Yuzadu fihi riskul mu'min. That the sustenance of a believer is increased. And then he talks about, the Prophet ﷺ encourages us to give a fasting person uh, 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 something to make his iftar with. So the Sahaba asked Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, each one of us don't have, maybe in our context, because we go overboard, we can also relate to it. Now every day you're going to feed so much. The Prophet then said, even if you give little bit of dates, or water to drink, or a sip of um, uh, milk, or some small, something to a person to break his fast with, so he mentions three benefits of this. Number one, If I give somebody else to break their fast, it's a way of getting my sins forgiven. Number two, Number two, it will inshallah be a means of getting your freedom from the fire of Jahannam. And number three, you will get the same reward as that person that fasted. 
without his reward being diminished. It's not like, okay, he fasted, his reward came to you, he's getting no reward. He fasted, the person who you gave your kajur or your zamzam or milk to drink, he broke his fast, he got his reward. The treasures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so immense that together with his getting a reward, you will also get a reward. Shahdul Muwasat, it is a month of leniency, consideration. So consider yourself, you've got work to do, do it before Ramadan, postpone it to after Ramadan as far as possible. You've got people working for you. And says that person who enlightened the burden of those people who are working for you in Ramadan, Allah will lighten your burden also. And when you make it easy for them, your workers, employees, then it's going to be whatever good actions they're going to be doing, you're going to get the ajr for it. And then the hadith goes on talking about um, uh, you must continue doing four things in the month of Ramadan. Prophet said, he said, abundantly, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, abundantly is an easy form of zikr. Musa alayhi salam asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, please show me an easy zikr to make. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, he said, la ilaha illallah. He said, no, everybody says la ilaha illallah. I want something more, like maybe sophisticated, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him that if this la ilaha illallah was placed on one side of the scale and the entire world and whatever it is was placed on the other side of the scale, this la ilaha illallah will outweigh it. So the Prophet encouraged us to make the dhikr abundantly in the month of Ramadan. La ilaha illallah, easy on the tongue. And then he says, astaghfirullah, continuously all the time istighfar, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for, for forgiveness, lots of benefit for that. And then asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for jannah and seeking protection from the fire of Jahannam. These are four dhikrs. La ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah, as'aluka al-jannah, asking Allah for jannah, a'uzu billahi minan nar, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from the fire of Jahannam. So with these few words, the month of Ramadan is here. The crux of my whole discussion was the hadith of Salman Farsi radiallahu anhu, where Rasulullah addressed the Sahaba, telling them that a very important month is on the doorstep, and then he tell them about a month, a very important month, a blessed month, fasting in this month being compulsory, the Taraweeh Salah, the Laylatul Qadr, the importance of helping and sharing is a month of generosity, it is the month of being kind to people and making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the time of Sari. We all gonna wake up for Sari here, but Sari is not just about eating. Sari time is an important time of dua. So make an intention, I'll wake up 10 minutes, 5 minutes earlier, so that I can make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and perform this tahajjud. Iftar time is not just about looking at the halim and the samosas and the pies. Iftar time is the time when the duas are accepted. So this month, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it the best Ramadan of our lives. Some of us sitting here, we have 40 Ramadan, we have seen 50 Ramadan, 60 Ramadan. Every time make an intention that this Ramadan will be better than the previous Ramadan. May Allah accept all our ibadah, make it the best Ramadan of our lives. And most importantly, as I spend some time on, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it such the 